employee advocacy, employer brand, personal branding. These are big buzzwords that a lot of people throw around. And believe it or not, these three words in particular have a lot more in common than you might think. Whether you work for a large enterprise, you work for HR, or you're a small business owner entrepreneur, I guarantee you that today's episode is going to give you one major takeaway that's going to help you maximize your social influence. Welcome to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners grow their businesses using innovative marketing techniques, leveraging the concept of digital influence throughout digital and social media. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. How are y'all doing today? Well, I am doing awesome, if you ask me, because today, the day that I am recording this podcast, which is always a few days before it's actually published, is the day where in my state of California, the governor officially said, California is open. It's weird because we've gotten so used to wearing masks, I don't know how I'm going to get used to not wearing a mask. And as I carpool with some other parents for my kids' summer camp, the parents were talking about their kids having to be re-socialized or having to learn how to socialize again, having been online for the last year. And I wonder, professionals, all of us as well, when we start seeing each other at conferences, if it's going to be natural to socialize again or not. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. And this podcast never promises to have all the answers. But it feels really good. It feels like we've turned the corner. And I hope wherever you are in the world that you are getting closer to turning that corner as well. So, Today, I want to share with you a few anecdotes of recent happenings with my own business. And as I talked about in the teaser, I'm going to be throwing out these big keywords, but I also want to relate it to some other things that I've seen both from members of my Digital First Group Coaching Membership community, as well as just people that I've met locally. And, And the thing that ties all this together is going to be the main takeaway from today's episode. But hey, I can't get that out until I start telling you some stories. So let's begin with employer branding. Now, this is not something that I talk a lot about in this episode, but if you work in HR or you are a corporate executive, employer branding is extremely critical. We talk about branding and marketing all the time. Employer branding is this concept that, you know, in a very, very competitive market, not just for your products and services, but also for talent. And by the way, I am no employer branding expert by any means. I do not have a background in HR or what have you. So this is just my own sort of perspective on the subject. But the the thought is that equally, it is a competitive market for talent. And therefore, we want to brand our company as an employer, as a place where other people would really like to work. Now, we see this a lot in really, really competitive technology industries, technology companies that you have in Silicon Valley. But it doesn't have to be limited to that. It can really be anywhere. It could even be in smaller markets. We know that now that the economies are starting to open up again, that the labor market is going to be going back to that extremely competitive nature that it was 
right before the pandemic started. And this isn't just the United States. I know in Japan, the demand for digital marketers far outweighs the supply, for instance, for those of my friends listening from Japan. And maybe in other parts of the world, especially post-coronavirus pandemic, there is a huge demand for digital marketers and there just may not be enough that exists, right? So employer brand, we wanna be able to attract the best people. Now, I'm talking about this because I had someone reach out to me to speak at an event and it's an event for recruiters. And the, the concept is we want recruiters to work on their personal brand. But as I engaged in the conversation, I realized that, well, if we want the recruiters to talk about their personal brand, don't we also want them to talk about their employer and how awesome of an employer that they are and therefore employer branding? And when you think about it, it's the same with companies. You can say all the great things you want to say about your products or services, but it's when someone else says them about you that it begins to have impact. And it's the same thing, I would say. Now, some companies like, you know, the Googles, the Facebooks, they already have such tremendous brand equity that they don't even need employer branding unless something bad happens. And different companies have gone through different crises, whether they're HR related or not. But really, if you want to do employer branding, the best way to do it is to have your employees tell the stories about working at your company. That's why you see like on LinkedIn company pages, a lot of companies have like a HR or jobs or career section and it's employees talking about the company. Unfortunately, these videos of employees talking about the company look like stock videos. They don't really have a lot of heart and soul to them. So as I'm preparing you know, the content for this presentation, there is a direct relationship between your employee's personal branding and the employer brand when they talk about the company. And therefore, now I've talked about employee influencer programs before, and this is the new word that I would use for employee advocacy, but we begin to see a distinct connection because if we, from a marketing perspective, want to amplify our voice in social media, we want to leverage our employees. Well, that's for you know marketing and branding in general, but employer branding is no different. If we want to amplify our employer branding in social media, we want to get our employees talking about us. And the key thing here is whether it's employee advocacy or employee influencer or employer branding, it's the same concept. We need people to talk about us in social media. It's why influencer marketing exists. This is where it all comes together. It's really this concept that I've been saying for more than a decade, and I've said it on maybe a third or maybe half of my podcast episodes, which, man, I forgot to even say the number this episode, but obviously we're well over 200, is the fact that social media was made for people, right? Not for businesses. And therefore, we need to have a people-centric approach to it. And I'd say we need a people-centric approach not only to social media, but to marketing in general these days. How can people relate to your brand? This is something I want to give a shout out to Ted Schachter, who is one of our members of the Digital First Group Coaching Membership Community. He's helping a lot of members out with branding, but also reminding us that brands have a more and more and they always should have, but they have a responsibility to society. And the younger the generation, the more that they demand that from brands. So 
it all comes into how do we get positive word of mouth about our brand, whether it's to hire people, whether it's for products or services that we want to sell our market, or whether it's just to build trust with the community. It all comes down to people and being able to incentivize people in various ways. And I'm not just talking about money, but how do we get people to talk about us? And that's the key thing. And it really begins with a people-centric approach. So I'll share with you a few, few stories, right, of how this works in real life. And it can work in very, very different ways. So one of my clients I've probably mentioned before is in the real estate industry, one of the big players. And I'm working with a specific brokerage. Well, there's a certain company that owns 20 different offices. So it's, it's a huge brokerage in, in a certain part of the United States. And so when we talk about, for instance, their, their Instagram content strategy, it doesn't have to be about them. We don't have to post about what they're doing or um, what a great company they are. We can repost content that all of our agents are posting. Let them do the talking for us. They are our human face. We are lucky that we have others talking about us on social media. They're incentivized to do it because if they sell real estate, they make a commission. But that is a very, very good situation where employee advocacy naturally works. Now, not every agent is on every social network. And it's not just the agents. It could be people working in the offices as well. The back office or other people that they may not be agents, maybe they're associates that also are customer facing. But we can literally have a content strategy that is people-centric because it's just content from people, from people that work for us. That's as authentic as it gets. I talk about how, and I've been blogging about this more and more for people that have seen my content throughout the web, is we should try to shoot, especially on visual social networks, as much as possible for a 100% user-generated content strategy, like Disneyland, like Ritz-Carlton, like others. If we have lots of fans, if we have lots of employees posting, like in the real estate industry, it's a lot easier. When we don't have that or we're a startup or nobody knows about us, that's where we need to proactively collaborate and engage with influencers, right? But it's the same concept. We're trying to get the same outcome. I'll give you another example. This is one of the newer members to the Digital First Group Coaching membership community. I hope to have more of these members actually appear on the podcast and interview them because they are doing amazing things. But another gentleman who just joined, they manufacture a part for bicycles. And the price point for this part is $200. And it is happens to be something that's sustainable and something that offers a better experience when you're riding a bike. So they have been able to launch their business. And I can't quote the gentleman. Like I said, I hope to have him on this podcast soon. But almost 100% from just reaching out to influencers and sending them a pair and having them use it and showcase it, and from that, getting business. I kid you not. In the age of influence, there are some case studies as well, but that is how far influencer marketing can take you if you provide something of value that people actually want, okay? Let me repeat that. Provide something of value that people actually want. Now, this bicycle part manufacturer had the luxury of being first to market of a unique product that's also sustainable. So it taps into uh, a lot of environmental and social trends, 
right? Becomes relatable. They are a responsible brand. They check off those boxes that I talked about. But it's also something of value because it has an amount of like $200. If it was something that was $5 or $10, it's one thing. But when you provide a lot of value, when you reach out to influencers, you're going to do a lot better. And I, I asked the gentleman, he's like, yeah, you know, we, we were featured on a YouTube channel with 75,000 subscribers and, you know, all these Instagram accounts. I'm like, how much money did it cost you? He goes, no, it didn't cost us money. We just sent them product. So when you find the right influencers for which your product is a no brainer that they would have a natural interest in because you've done your homework, but you also provide that value. Now, if your product isn't valuable enough, there's other value that you can provide. Like, you know, well, actually, on upon Airways brand ambassador program, they provided something of value, which was an airplane flight. That is something of value. But you begin to see what I'm talking about. And that is 100% people-centric, just focused on let's get people talking about, let's get relevant people with relevant audiences talking about our product. I'll give you another example. And I mean, I could go through these all day long. It is a, it is a mindset shift right? A shift in your mindset that allows you to see marketing completely different that I hope the age of influence for those that read it got a preview to it. My next book and my free ebook preview is coming out very soon. I guarantee you I'm just in the final proofreading. I know it's taken a little while, but it, it goes beyond that, right? To really make you look at digital marketing in a people-centric, relationship-centric perspective. So this next one is very, very interesting. It's my chiropractor. Now, my chiropractor found that there is a program where, I don't know if it's Medicare or Medi-Cal, I don't know if it's, if it's national or state, but they, they will actually fund a little bit of funding for veterans to get, you know, basically chiropractor care if they need it. So what did they do? Well, they didn't use influencers. They used another approach. They used paid media. They used Facebook ads because they can hyper-target veterans. It's just a lot easier to hyper-target and, and, and find them. Now, they could have worked with influencers, which might have required money, which might have required a lot more. But with the Facebook ad, what they're finding is a niche that nobody else is targeting, so it's very inexpensive. And they're basically offering them a limited window of free chiropractic services. Now, true, they are getting reimbursed from the state or country. I don't know the details for, for some of that, but not for all of that. But they are building goodwill on a people-centric marketing strategy where they are paying money to acquire these customers. They are giving free services to these customers, but they also know that the community that they're serving is pretty tight-knit. They are trying to make friends and they're hoping from there that they are gonna get great word of mouth. And at a minimum, they are serving the people that serve our country. Well, in the United States at least. So that once again, they're providing value. You could call it a lead magnet, right? You know, one week free chiropractor, two weeks free chiropractor, maximum months. I, I don't know what the details are. It is a lead magnet. It is providing value. And they're paying for the privilege, although it's very, very inexpensive, the cost per acquisition from what I hear. But it's all predicated on how can we provide people value? And if we provide them value, it's all going to come back to us in the future. Sometimes it comes back to us sooner. Sometimes it comes back to us later. But look. I've used this quote in uh, some of my presentations. I think it's from Henry Ford, and it's probably been said millions of times. It takes money to make money. So 
if you're going to spend money, and I often end my recent presentations on influencer marketing saying the same thing, instead of investing in the Googles and the Zuckerbergs and all the other paid media platforms, why wouldn't you invest in people? And that's my message to you. Whether it's your employees for employer branding and, or employee advocacy, employee influence. And if you want them to become more active, train them, teach them, hire a photographer to shadow them for a day, hire a videographer, help them make better content. And I would say the same for influencers. And that's why I preach in a type of influencer program, an influencer community that's inclusive to all, not just influencers, but your customers, your fans, your employees, help everybody. It's a small price to pay for the word of mouth that you're going to get that is so hard to come by organically. But it starts with providing value. It starts with making an investment in people. It starts with realigning your ad spend, the way you think about marketing spend with the reality of today. The age of influence was my beginning, was my introduction, looking through the lens of influencer marketing and the concept of influence. I have just begun. There is so much to say about this and there is so much I want to teach you about this and train you about this and share the stories that I am experiencing not only from my own clients, but from people in my community as well as what I see around me in the world. So I'm going to leave you with those thoughts today. I've gotten into this cadence with my podcast very, very strategically. Every other episode, I do solo episodes. But I really, because I only have a chance to talk to you directly twice a month or only 24 times a year. So I really want to make each one of these times I have a chance to directly have a conversation with you, although it's in a one-to-many format with podcasts, I really want to make it count. I want to make it impactful. I want to incite you to action. And if this incited you to action... I'd love to hear from you. If you want to hear me talk more like this, I'd love to hear from you. If you want me to go on the more tactical how-tos, I'll do that as well. Let me know. All of my content is based on your needs. This podcast is no different. I'd love to hear from you. Neil at neilshafer.com. My email address will be in the show notes as well. Or you can go to a contact form on my website, neilshafer.com. As always, I am appreciative of all of you that have subscribed to the podcast. We have some great, as always, interviews coming up next week. We have the one and only Tom Augenthaler. I hope I pronounced his last name right. And it's going to be all about influencer marketing, really from a B2B perspective. Tom is a great guy. He is an influencer marketing specialist. And we both found out that we both come from the semiconductor industry of all places. So what we talked about, our vibes really matched. I think you're really going to enjoy that episode. Going forward, I am going to be inviting on not only members of my Digital First Group Coaching Membership community that have a lot of stories to share. It's not just me talking, but it's a variety of voices offering you advice and inspiration and wisdom. But I'm also going to be inviting more of my technology partners on the show as well to give you some advice as to what they see as working. See, technology companies serve many. They have many stories to share because they know how their tool impacts so many businesses. I'm really excited that the next episode after the interview with Tom Augenthaler, I'm going to be interviewing someone from Phrase, one of my current favorite tools for SEO 
It is AI-generated content review, content suggestions, content creation, and even uh, going as far as having a completely automated support widget on your website. So I'm really excited for that. Just please make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss out. As always, those of you that continue to listen on the charts in the United States, Canada, Australia, Germany, France, Spain, Ireland, top 50, thank you so much. Denmark, New Zealand, Portugal, Finland, United Arab Emirates, Slovakia, top 10 in marketing today. Thank you so much. Croatia, Luxembourg, Belarus, Moldova. I want to thank you all. I also want to thank you all for your reviews on the various podcast apps and Apple Podcasts. Nathan Utah, Growing and Leveraging Influence is a Tectonic Shift. I love Neil's book, The Age of Influence, and this podcast about growing and leveraging influence. This is a huge tectonic shift that is transforming the business landscape, and Neil teaches it well. Nathan, thank you so much. Please make sure, if you review this podcast, to reach out to me with a screenshot so that I can include you on the monthly Ask Me Anything Q&A group coaching calls that are just for the community of my podcast reviewers. It means that much to me to help spread the word about the podcast. This is my own way of inciting word of mouth and I want to offer you something of value which is every month giving you access to me. So I hope you'll do that. Take a screenshot, send it over to neil at neilshafer.com or fill out the contact form on my website. Let me know. Hey, it's been a fun episode. I really like diving in. I mean, I love the tactical episodes as well but I also like going into the mindset and the mindset shifts because once you see that, it just opens up a plethora of opportunities that hopefully one or two of these stories I talked about today help you discover. All right, everybody. I think it's a wrap. Thank you again for your loyal listening to this podcast and wherever we are in the world. Make it a great, you know what? because we're opening up in California today. I'm not going to say great virtual social day anymore. I'm just going to say make a great social day like I used to, okay? Make it a great social day, everybody. Bye-bye and sayonara.